The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Have you ever spotted McDonald's hot, crispy fries right as they're being scooped into the carton? And time... Just stands still. We did everything in our power to be successful. Like we grinded together every single day. Um, we went and got tattoos together. I'm a tattoo guy. You know, he's a tattoo guy too. You know, you know it's, it was it was both our ideas, man. And especially when I was younger, now it's like. A tattoo, like, if I got to get a tattoo now, it makes my palms sweat. And... Did you not get No, 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 no. You know, we're close. Not that close. <laughs> not that close. <laughs> you know, the obvious follow-up, if I had been in attendance, would be, did you get his initials tattooed on your leg, and did he get your initials Why is that the obvious follow-up? On Why? His leg. Why? Because I've heard of that happening when guys are close. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Something I heard about years ago. Yeah, yeah, something you heard about years ago. We don't have the same tattoos, me and my friends, just so you know that. They're not the same. They have kind of the same meaning, but they're all different, all right? Yeah, I don't know. I got got other men's initials on my leg. All right, so what? They meant a lot to me, so take your shots. That's fine. But what I don't get is I get people and I see whoa, people. Whoa, whoa, go ahead. Whoa. Go ahead. Yeah. Do yeah. I mean a lot to you? We've yeah. been working together for six years. Right. Six years. Right. When are you going to get MF tattooed on your forehead? Eh, it's going to take it a, have multiple it, meanings. It, it might happen one day. It might happen one day. You're not there yet, big guy. You just haven't crossed the line there yet. So we'll see. We'll see. But, you know, I, that's where I felt guilty to where I got, you know, my kids and my wife's initials on my wrist because I was like, wait, I got these four dumb friends I got on my leg, how could I not have my family on there? And that's what led to that. I'll make a deal with you right now. Right. I'll make a deal with you right now. Right. You get MF, I'll get CS <laughs> right now. I'm in a good mood today, so I'm willing to commit to it. You do it, I'll do it. I'm not ready. No bullshit. To, I'm not ready to commit to that yet. I'm not ready. I'm not right. ready. Well, okay. you suck then. <laughs> you suck. But you're ready. So you said if I would have committed to it, you would have done it. You're, you're, yes, you're, I'm ready to do it. You're I'm ready, ready to do it. You're ready to get you tatted. <laughs> Okay, thank you. I'm ready to do it. All right. Well, I've been, been wanting to get a tattoo for a long time. It's one of those things that you just kind of think about and, you know what, what would I get? Where would I get it? I've made some idle bets in the past. There was a time when Blair Walsh was suffering from the yips, starting with his 
27-yard miss in that epic playoff game with Bud Grant, shirt sleeves, outdoors, and I told Paul Allen, voice of the Vikings, if he made whatever number it was in a row, I would get a Blair Walsh tattoo on my ass because I knew he was never going to make that many in a row after missing that kick against the Seahawks. So, And I've got the standing, if Kirk Cousins is ever MVP of the Super Bowl offer, to get a Cousins tattoo on my shoulder if that ever happens, and I won't ever have to do that. But, yeah, I'm willing to do it. The moment's starting to pass, though. Yeah, right. You got to think about it. You know, I, I got some tattoos. I, I got to say, like, yeah, there, there's a part of me that regrets some of it, right? You know, there's some days I look down there and go, man, why, why did I do that? I actually don't regret the one here on my wrist. It's very simple and easy. But, you know, yeah. It's it's that. And then, I mean, we would, if you and I got tattoos, I mean, I, I guess it would bring some notoriety to our show. We'd also become a laughing stock. I mean, oh, man, would people be making fun of us on a regular? You already, you already are, though. You I already guess, are for doing it. So I guess, what, it doesn't get any worse. I guess so. Well, this is where I also want to chat. Like, I see, like, all the time, like, you know, guys with, like, people tattooed you know, on them and even other guys, sometimes their best friends, somebody that might've died, whatever else. So what was so bad about me getting the initials of like best friends that, you know, were a special part of my life there for four or five years and, and very dear to me. That's why I'm willing to do it. I think it's a touching gesture. I think it speaks to the depth of a relationship that We've been together for six years now, so I guess it takes a little bit longer. I guess we have to go through a little bit more than what we go through. A little more marriage you counseling. you get to the point where you'd be willing to do it. Okay. So, where would you get it? Uh, one reason I'm... Where would you do it? Where know. would you put it? I don't know. You know, like, you know... I, I guess to do it right, to do it right, I would have to put the C on one finger and the S on the other. I don't, you know what I mean? Uh, that would be the right way today. to do it. I'm just, just, I'm just showing, I'm just showing... Which finger I would put the tattoo on. That's all I'm doing. Right. I mean, it could have been any finger. I picked the ones that would be most best suited to the relationship. Hey, I'm from Jersey. That makes sense <laughs> that you'd pick those two fingers. I like that. Yeah, you might as well get it on the Jersey State right. bird. <laughs> here's, here's why I'm in a good mood. And I almost started the show singing your Thursday song. And I thought about it. And I weighed the pros and cons, just like I used to do. When I was a kid and I was going to smart off my mother and I would and I would the gears would turn in my brain. Is it worth saying that smart ass thing because she's going to go for the board and I'm going to get spanked? And sometimes I would say it's worth it. I almost launched by singing. It's Thursday. That's my mother bleeping Friday. <laughs> but I didn't. <laughs> okay, good. Let me know if you want you know me to why? break it you out. Know <laughs> you know why? why? Well, if you want to do it, go ahead. Uh, because there's no show tomorrow. Now, 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 for anyone out there who's going to be upset because no days off, there's no co-host available, and I don't feel like doing it by myself and having a patchwork of guests. So what we're doing, what we're doing, we have a two-hour show that consists of the, I think I ultimately did seven of these post-draft interviews with general managers and coaches, and I didn't think that would be enough. I thought I would have to tape some segments to fill. It's more than enough. It's like a half hour too much. Like, these things were long. They were long. Like, some of them were a half hour long. So, Kristen, who gets tomorrow morning off, has had to pay for that extra day by, by editing Pasting all seven together. interviews to fit 
into two hours. So that's the show tomorrow. It is clips from the seven interviews, some of them in full, some of them edited down. One or two of them may have to bite the dust in order to fill the time constraints. But since you're off, Peter King's off, Miles Simmons isn't available, Shereen Williams isn't available, we're just going to do that. So I get a four-day weekend, not a three-day weekend, not a three-day weekend. I get a four-day weekend. I may not come back. It's one of the reasons why I never took a vacation when I was practicing law. I was always afraid if I shut it down, I would realize during that period, what the hell am I doing with my life? And I would never go back. Well, what are you going to do with your life this weekend with the four days? I mean, like, what are we going to do? Are we going to do anything special? Are we going to get in the pool at least this summer a few times? I mean, what what, what are we going to do? Well, first of all, Copy paste snarky comment takes no days off. I know that, that is part of my existence. Right, I I will be working throughout the course of the next four days. We just won't have the show, and it's different when you don't have to do the show. You don't have to be on like this. It's very easy to sit at a computer and type. You don't have to take a shower. You don't have to shave. You don't have to pick out clothing. I can wear a ratty old T-shirt. It's an easier existence than having to do this for two hours. Although I enjoy doing this, it's a it's a calmer day. I can sleep in if I want to, but usually what happens is I'm wide awake, especially this time of year at 515 because the freaking birds are out there chirping. But I'll work some. I'll write some. I'm working on a Western that you will like if you ever read it. That's my current wow. balance out my life, stay sane project. So, uh, so you know, working on some things, hanging out around the house, sitting outside, smoke a cigar, have a couple drinks, work out every day. Try to keep that going so I can live longer than I otherwise would, yeah. given the fact that I'll All right. be drinking and smoking a few cigars. So Good. avoiding the bears, apparently. That's Please part do of that. What doing. And fighting with fighting with the trolls. You know, I, I you as, be, you, as time goes by. Yeah, you're kind of been getting into it a little lately and having fun with that, huh? Well, well, and it's look because and we've yet to play the interview here. We'll surely play it tomorrow because it was one of the shorter ones, but. The, the thing I did, and it's now been three days, with Howie Roseman, the GM of the Eagles, we had about a 10-minute conversation. And look, Harry and I go back a long way. And we've got a great rapport. We've got great natural chemistry. It's fun for me, and it's fun for him. And one of the benefits to the audience is you get something a little more interesting than the usual interview that happens when someone doesn't know someone. And you know, when you don't know someone very well, you're not going to be as loose and it's not going to be as as engaging and it's not going to be as feisty as it may get. You know, like the old married couple that has been around for a long time, like you and I yeah, get from right, time to time. Right, so, sure. so long, long story bearable, I was pressing him on this Jonathan Gannon tampering yeah, thing right. that I know we're never going to get the true story about, but I believe they're hiding from us a true story that would be extremely compelling and alarming and troubling if they were to ever tell us what really happened. So I decided to save a little time for the end of the interview and see if he would give me anything, just see if I could get him comfortable enough that I could get a little something out of him. So I just asked him a question about it, and he read off his talking points. And I ignored his talking points, and I asked him another question about it, and he read off his talking points again. And I got a little... I said to him, don't you realize that when you do that, it makes people like me even more suspicious that there's something that you're hiding <laughs> that is big. Right. Right. And that's when he launches into what the lawyers call the ad hominem attack, where he deflects from the point 
and calls me one of the top five conspiracy theorists in the NFL. And, and that's, that's unfair to use that. that. That is called Latin. I don't know what it means in English, but ad hominem is what the, when you when you avoid the point and right. you attack the person. Right. It happens all the time. happens in politics. Right. And we just accept it. Well, it's a bullshit approach because it avoids the point. It's a way to avoid the point. That is. It's when funny, though. Someone's good, making good a point. Good one by him. And, and, <laughs> right, right. But yeah. if you're making a great point. Right. At me, and my response is, you have a giant head. Yeah. That's an ad hominem attacking, gotcha. getting you off your mark. Exactly. Because you're making good points. Right. So, yep. so anyway, anyway, all the mouth breathers out there are like, yeah, he got stuffed in a locker because how he called him a conspiracy theorist. And you know what? At first I was like, you know, okay, I mean, I kind of shied away from that because of all the wackadoo idiots out there that have turned the term conspiracy theory into something bad because they lock on to the wildest, craziest conspiracy theories that have no basis whatsoever in fact, but they believe in their hearts that they're true. So I hate that term now because some of the crazy stuff we've heard over the last six years. So I was thinking about it last night, and it's like, you know what? I'll wear that. You want to call me a conspiracy theorist? I'll wear it because in this business, the business we're in, the NFL media industry, and I'm going to choose my words carefully here or maybe I won't. I tweeted this last night. The standard approach is just accept whatever bullshit they tell us and pass it along to the audience and not even point out that it's possibly BS. Just pass it along. Most of the media is part of the problem. They lie to us all the time. Don't we know they lie to us all the time? That's what bothered me about this more than anything. You know, people get so caught up in the, yeah, he called him a conspiracy theorist. It's like, folks, we're your representatives to try to get to the bottom of their bullshit. And you're going to give me a hard time because while I was trying to get to the bottom of the bullshit over the Jonathan Gannon situation, I'm on the wrong end of an ad hominem attack that calls me a conspiracy theorist. So instead of being bothered by it, I will own it. It's funny how they bleep it when I just said it five times. <laughs> I will own it. I will own it because I'm the only one who will do it. Because everybody else is worried about access, worried about their next job, worried about keeping people happy, worried about getting a phone call from 345 Park Avenue. It's going to be problematic. And look, I'm in the rare position where I own my platform. So nobody's firing me. I mean, NBC could fire me, but I still got my platform. My platform is going gonna, is gonna to live beyond me at this point. And I can say whatever I want, and I can do whatever I want. And I will at this point because I also, frankly, have my FU, I'm out, money in the bank. If it all goes away today, I'm fine, baby. So anyway, that's why I'm upset because I'm, I'm trying to fight the good fight. To get to the truth, because we know there's bullcrap everywhere. See, I'm softer now. I'm thinking, you know, I really don't want to lose everything I have. So <laughs> I'll say bullcrap instead of the other word. Right. But but I'm fighting the fight. And and, you know, uh, so anyway, that's, I don't know. That's hey, my a point. lot of about, I'm gonna keep fighting the fight. Yeah, I'm going to keep worry. trying to get to the truth. Don't worry because about Because Most the, of the people in this business yeah. won't try to get to the truth. Yeah. Well, most of you, know, we've had this conversation when we've talked about beat writers and everything. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're not one to conform that way. That's what I love about you. It's why you're great and why you've built what you've built. And a lot of your conspiracies have come true. That's why we call you pasta and meatballs over here. Well, well, you know, well, And not even conspiracies. It's just, I, yeah, go ahead. What? It's, it's just the truth. 
I They're know. lying to us. Yeah. So we go get the truth. It's not a conspiracy. It's just a lie. It's just they told us a lie and we got to the truth from we have no intent to trade Percy Harvin. You know, there's strategic lying that happens all, all the, the time. time. Yeah, it happens sure. all the time. Right. And we just fall for it. And like there's never an effort that I've I've really noticed for people to spot the patterns and say, OK, they lied to us this time. Well, they'll never lie to us again. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, and, and 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 look, all the NFL investigations, Bounty Gate was founded on bullcrap. Deflategate was founded on bullcrap. And nobody was willing to say so. Because, oh, we might make 345 upset. Might make them upset. Don't want to make them upset. Don't want to fight that battle. Got to pick your battles. Don't want to don't get Roger upset. So people just shy away. And uh, so, anyway, that's, that's my. I know. I hear and, you. Uh, I don't worry. Don't get don't too. get too I heated. Good, I had a good heated point. about the mouth breathers. Okay. I mean, again, like you know, that's a it's the loud minority a lot of the time. The mouth breathers. A lot of them are in the basement living well, with their mom, right? So don't don't worry about them too much. It's it's okay. By the way, ad hominem means to the person. Typically, this term refers to a rhetorical strategy where the speaker attacks the character, motive, or some other attribute of the person making an argument rather than attacking the substance of the argument itself. That's exactly what Howie did. He made an ad hominem attack because he didn't want to deal with the substance of the point I was making. He didn't want to deviate from his talking points, carefully crafted, so they never have to talk about exactly what happened with Jonathan Gannon, how they found out about it, how upset they are about it, how much it distracted his preparation from Super Bowl 57 because he knew the day after the game he was going to have an interview for a head coaching job. His ship was coming in. You bet your ass he spent time getting ready a good strategy for how he was going to climb aboard that ship when it pulled into the harbor. And I I think that Howie is a genius because I believe his strategy with his talking points, yeah. whether it's Jonathan Gannon, whether it's the slippery, awful field at Super Bowl 57 that neutralized the Eagles' pass rush and possibly cost them the game. By having a standard response that is high road, if you keep repeating it, at a certain point, your deeper message comes through. This is a passive-aggressive way yeah, for I hear you there. to make his point. Right. I, it's the old, it's just an honor being nominated. Oh, oh, it's an honor being nominated. Right. It's just an honor being nominated. He sang it over and over again, and to the trained eye and ear, the message is, you bet your ass I'm pissed off. Yeah, I'm not right. going to say it, but oh, yes, I'm pissed about the field. I'm pissed about what the Cardinals did to Jonathan Gannon. I'm pissed about what Jonathan Gannon did once he knew that the interview was coming up. He didn't work hard enough getting our defense ready, and we lost that game because of the Cardinals and because of him. That's what I believe, how he believes, but he's never going to say it. No. But by repeating the talking points over and over again, that's the message that I think we should glean from his word. Well, yeah, and I, I listen, I, I hear what you're saying. I think you're right about that. It, 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 there's a lot of examples uh, like that in, in history, whether what whatever avenue it is where people talk like that to, yeah, make their passive-aggressive point, let alone, again, like I don't think we're too off base to think about some of those things and the, and the things we're talking about there with just with how it all went down. It's, it's, it's fair to 
you know, think about, wait, is there something more when it's something big like that that gets, like you said, washed away 10 minutes before the draft, and we've never seen anything like this in the history of the NFL, and it was a pretty big, you know, whack for the Cardinals football team to go, well, wait, this is more than just, this has to be more than I just called you to tell you, hey, we'd like to maybe hire you as a head coach. I mean, come on. That's where I'm with you there. They play us like idiots sometimes, and I think that's where you and I both get frustrated. Exactly. Right, exactly. Right. And, and this entire experience over the past three days where all of the blogs out there that just want to score some cheap clicks write it up as if how we won, they don't realize we all lose if we just accept that. And move on. What? What? And what have I, no curiosity. What about I want to know is who's chirping at you. Who is it? Is it Eagles fans? Wouldn't they well, be happy look, to I think mean, that our, you're getting our, to the end friends, bottom of this I mean, and exposing it? I mean, no. Well, it's it's Eagles fans because they're circling the wagons. There's blogs out there, popular to unpopular, that I won't name, that just are missing the point because. It helps your existence if people are getting to the heart of these issues. And now I've remembered the point I was going to make earlier. A lot of this stuff isn't me with the conspiracy mic. And we fed into that crap over the years. Yeah, well, I haven't. Well, we've had fun past, with it. Right. And I'm sure it's going to come up at some point. But what happens is the call comes from inside the house because you have people who know the truth, who are bothered by the lies, who know what really happened, who know that I have the guts to say it. Yes, exactly. And who will tell me about it. Right. That's my reputation, and I, I'm proud of this reputation within league circles. If there is something that no one else will write about, yeah. we know they the call one you. person who yeah, will. They do. They yep. call you. I could vouch for you there for sure. I know there's a ton of examples. I know I don't, we can't expose people, but Got one of those calls right yesterday, yeah. frankly. Right. All right. Well, we feel better. You got that off your chest. You good now? Good. All right. You know, maybe you should rub your ears and say USA a little bit or something like that. (laughs) What does that mean? Remember, like in Seinfeld. Remember when he wasn't it USA or whatever? They would rub their ear like at one point their earlobe to relax. I'm pretty sure it was Seinfeld. No, it's Serenity Now. No, Serenity, Serenity now. now. That's what I'm thinking. Serenity about. Now. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was. I don't know. Serenity Now and Sanity Later. Yeah, maybe that's. Yeah, what it I don't was. know what the hell you're talking about. I don't know. Usa. I think I have another uh, movie in my head too. Yeah, I don't. Somebody's know. been somebody's been smoking some USA this morning, apparently. Um, but yeah, it's therapeutic, and usually people watch the show and listen to the show for their own therapeutic reasons. It provides a diversion, etc. I feel I feel better now. I really do feel better getting that off my chest. And having a chance to talk about one last point, though, yeah. because when Howie wasn't deflecting with an ad hominem attack, he raised the point you made that because I said, well, isn't it odd that this literally happened minutes before the draft? He said, well, maybe that's when it was finally resolved. So I said, is that what happened? Well, I can't talk about it. Well, then why would you even mention it? <laughs> right. And and what I was talking about was bad boys. That's bad boys. That's what they did. They rubbed the earlobes. And said, USA. That's where I got it from. USA, whatever it was. It's been a while since Usa. I've seen that. Yeah. So just so you know, I'm not totally crazy I've never there. seen it. I guess I've never seen it. You've never seen Bad Boys? I oh, saw Bad t- Boys pretty good. It's a good action movie. It, I think it, I don't know. I haven't watched it in a long time. I don't know if it would last is it, the test is of it time. Is it Will Smith and right. Martin Lawrence? And Martin Lawrence. Is that Will right. Smith and Martin Lawrence? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Is Chris Rock in that? I <laughs> no, I don't think he is. Uh, all right. Here's, <laughs> here's Bad Boys 3, Will Smith and Chris Rock. Here we go. Uh, Lamar Jackson missed the first day of OTAs. We called him out. Yeah. And I'll own that, too. That's yeah. another one. We had this conversation Well, that's the other another day. one where hey, I'm – Ravens fans. Right. We're trying, to, we're, trying to help your, we're trying to help your team get better. Right. right. We're trying to – 
carry the flag for him to be there and make your team better. Don't get mad at us for making the argument that actually helps your team. Go ahead. Yeah, no, well, I just that this would be one instance right here where I'd go, you know, we, we might say something, do all that, but I, I, you know, I can imagine I've had times in my past where I get a text from that team that we talked about. Okay, hey, thanks for saying that. Hopefully that'll nudge this guy in there. I mean, this is one of those examples you're kind of alluding to right there, almost to a degree there, but yeah. Okay. People can push back. We're rooting for the Ravens and Lamar. We want good things to happen. I don't imagine that the coaches of the organization would be mad at what we're saying about, hey, we want your best player there. They're probably like, hey, wait, that Florio, that conspiracy theory theorist, I like what he's saying about this subject. Let the, keep, keep saying that. Uh, I don't know why I went on that there, but I just did. Well, and you know what? You make a great point. Pete just told me to get to the sound, which means I'm not going to get to the sound. The, the, the thing that I appreciate. Yeah. They don't hesitate to complain when we write or say something that they, the structure within the NFL, don't like. They rarely reach out and say they appreciate yeah, yeah, right. something that we say. And when that right. does happen. But, yeah. but, but when it does happen, you like it. Yeah. Okay, we're going to get to the sound now. Here's Lamar Jackson regarding why he decided to show up for OTAs and his head coach, John Harbaugh, putting his hand a little close to the flame on what you can and can't say about players at OTAs. Have a listen. New offense, you know, had, had to get that down pack um, before the season rolled in because the season getting there, um, even though we got a couple months left, but still just wanted to learn a new offense and get with my guys. The amount of conversation among the fans just about whether you were going to come to OTAs or not, do you, do you kind of find that funny? Do you, do you, yeah. do you ignore it? Like, what do you make of that? I ignore it, but it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, man. I'm excited that he's here, of course, you know, but I knew he was going to come in sometime right around now, and uh, for him to be here is great. Uh, he was into it, into the meetings. He was he was uh, lo- locked in. You know, the last two days been completely locked in, and you know he's getting getting back with the guys and everything. So so it's a good thing. I mean, I think it's important. I, I'm a coach. You know, I want everybody here. You know, and I want I want you know I want every player here all the time doing everything they can. Now, is that necessarily the best thing? I don't know. You know, I mean, I, I there's everybody's got their own circumstance, and that's okay. You know, I think about what OBJ is doing, for instance, out there in Arizona. I don't have any problem with that. Or what Mark's doing out there, and they'll, they'll be in here soon enough whenever they're ready and when they, when they need it. And they talk to me and tell me what they're doing. Uh, they're working hard. So you just you don't try to worry too much about it. But from an important standpoint, if you want to rank it, you know, today's the most important day there ever was, you know, because, you know, tomorrow's a, a hope and yesterday's a memory. So I try to focus on today. Not a surprising comment from a guy whose dad typically right. said to the family, let's yeah. attack this day with an enthusiasm unknown to man. Right. That's something that his brother Jim continues to live by, and John lives by it. And look, the CBA says that coaches cannot say anything publicly or privately that would suggest that participation in voluntary offseason workouts is not truly voluntary. So John Harbaugh taking a calculated risk there, because I don't think he says anything accidentally. That's now, he, right followed it up with explanation that acknowledges it truly is voluntary, but he does want everybody there, and every coach wants everybody there. It's stupid for us to think there would be any coach at any level of football that doesn't want all of his players there when it's time to work. So it'll be interesting to see if the union has anything to say about this because you don't hear it. There was a time back when you were playing. In the 2003, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 time frame where there would be coaches who were more open about their feelings. Yeah. 
and candid with their viewpoints on this. Right. In recent years, they've learned not to get close to that flame. This is the first time in a while that a coach has danced in that direction. I wonder whether or not the union will have anything to say about it. I hope they don't because yeah, it's an acknowledgement right. of the fact that every coach believes what that's John Harbaugh right. is. It's like Captain Obvious crap right there. I mean, duh. Like, is the sky blue? I mean, is, you know, is this water wet? I mean, yeah. Do coaches want their players there? Duh. I mean, yes, especially, you know, well, you're talking about a guy that's old school and grew up in the elements in which he grew up in. Yeah, he wants them there. And it's it's led down that conversation with the most, you know, important player in their franchise and one of the best players in the league. So he's just, you know, I think stating the obvious there. I hope that the NFLPA or anybody is not on him. He's, he's, he's obviously, you know, he's let Lamar be away during certain parts and in, in other years, OTAs or missing workouts. And you see what he, like he's saying with OBJ, and he's had other stars who have, you know, been off the facility grounds and working out on their own too. So he's not like, you know, uh, what do I want to say, just slamming the gavel all the time. He's stating every, something that all players know. They all know that. And, uh, yeah, I hope the league doesn't, you know, try to dissect that or the NFLPA, I should say. And – Going back to the first part of that package where Lamar Jackson acknowledges the importance of being at OTAs. He acknowledges it and he explains why he needs to be there. It's exactly what we said when he didn't show up for the first day. And they only have like up to 10 of these things. Yeah. So if you miss one, you've missed 10% of all of them. That's a 90. That's already a borderline B by missing the first day. And he admits that he needs to be there because it's a new offense. And what we saw right after that speaks to the attitude that I was complaining about earlier in the program. What? The ass-kissing, access-seeking question. I don't know who it was that asked the question. Oh, well, what do you think of the people who were saying all the stuff about why you need to be here? He just said why he needs to be there. He just validated everything that we said about why he needs to be there. But whoever that was wants to start up. Well, do you pay attention to that? Do you think it's funny? Oh, I ignore it, but it's funny. Why is it funny? It's what you just said. We said, and those who were criticizing him for not being there were making the exact point that Lamar Jackson made right before the guy who wanted to kiss Lamar's ass Ask that question. Yeah, well, he's it's he, astounding. Well, it's astounding, but there's a history there of if you ask Lamar, he might give you an answer. And like we talked about yesterday, he's referred to me in the past in some of those settings and, you know, the social media gifts and all that. So that's become, hey, let's see what Lamar's reaction is to the reaction of why he's not there. But yeah, he said it. I mean, come on, we all know that. That's another. You know, just it's Captain Obvious. Players can say what they want, whatever. It doesn't matter. No, there's nothing that's better than being there. You, you know, like you said, you only get ten of these days to be on the field and practice real football. You know, drills in Florida and California, Texas, New Jersey. Sure, that's all great, and it'll help you be better on the field for sure. But nothing can replicate what we call football shape and being used to those movements and thoughts and having the awareness of where you are in certain situations and thinking about situations in football altogether. Nothing can replicate that, you know, and, and that's where you said you said it right. Lamar said it. We've heard Harbaugh say it. We all know this. And then for some reason, yeah, people don't want to 
buy in or they want to push back on what we have said. I just think that there is something hilarious about the juxtaposition of Lamar Jackson admitting why he showed up and explaining why he needed to be there in terms that we and others used to criticize his absence and have that immediately followed by someone asking what his reaction was to those who said the very things that he had just admitted. It's ludicrous, but it speaks to that deeper level of folks not willing to ask tough questions because they don't want to get in trouble. They don't have to deal with it. They don't want to lose their access. They, they, they want to buddy-buddy with Lamar or whoever. And, and, and I'm going to call it out when I see it. And, I, and, and look, I listen to enough press conferences. I see it all the time. Yeah, I you know hear you it. It's kind of a jokey, casual, buddy-buddy. That's not our job. That's not our job. And the problem is so many people are doing it that those of us who do the job the right way look like assholes when we try to do the job the right way because we just accept that we all act, act like we're all supposed to act like we're on. Hey, Pete, let me finish. We like to act like we're all on the payroll and we're all part of the team and we all get a ring. If you cover the team, you get a ring if the team wins a Super Bowl. There's too many people covering teams that act that way. Here is Lamar talking about the new Ravens offense <laughs> that he is in the process of now learning. Our new offense is smooth, um, more verbiage um, than usual. Um, I like it. I'm, I'm loving it so far. You know, you can change things when you want to. You know, you see the defense is not looking right to you. Um, see some guy blitzing. You might want your receiver to do something different. Coach giving you the free will to do whatever you want to. I mean, just being able to throw the ball down the field. You know, we sometimes, sometimes, you know, we can't. Running, not going, running can only take you so far, you know, and I feel like with, with this new era of uh, teams and offenses in the league, I, I feel like we need that, and Coach Todd Monk, and what I'm saying, his offense so far is looking tremendous. Less running and more throwing, I say. You know, I hear a lot of noise about throwing and stuff like this, yards to achieve and stuff, but I'm not really worried about the yards as much. as It's about us just winning. So that, that'll be all the winning category, if anything. Look, they are on the brink of a dramatic change to the way they operate. And the evidence is out there. Todd Munkin in, Greg Roman out. Zay Flowers in, OBJ in, Nelson Aguilar in. They've got two tight ends in Isaiah Likely and Mark Andrews that they really like. This is going to be fascinating it to is. see what they can do <coughs> with me. Lamar Jackson and those weapons because he's never had weapons like that. And the narrative has been, incorrect as it might be, that Lamar Jackson can't throw. He can throw. Yes, they just have chosen not to. When you have this incredible running talent, it's like playing Madden and you found a play that always works. Just use that play. Right. Just use that play. <laughs> Why do anything more complicated when you have a simple play that works all the time? The problem is a simple play that works all the time is eventually going to shorten the lifespan of your quarterback, or yeah. at least right. the career span of your quarterback. That's why you make this pivot to other ways to move the football. And, and so I think it's great that the Ravens are doing it, and they could unlock something special. And that's why we believe they're one of the teams that has the potential to crack this presumption that it's going to be the Bills, the Bengals, or the Chiefs coming out of the AFC this year. Yeah, that, exactly. I, I, I'm a believer in that. I mean, you know, I, think I was kind of a believer almost last year if Lamar was healthy that they could have been in that. You've heard me say that a lot recently. You know, and, and, and yeah, they built this offense because, hey, coming out of college, Lamar had a great arm and it was explosive, but what did he do best? He ran the football. So they kind of built it around that. And then they got a few years down the road there and they continued to ride it and see where they could go with it. Now they're going to make some adjustments off of it. Yeah, to make Lamar's 
career last longer, right? You said it right. People got to shut up with all this Lamar can't throw the ball. Lamar's got one of the best arms in the game. He's got one of the, other than Mahomes, he has more releases and sidearm throws than anybody in the game. You know, his arm is explosive. He can really throw it. It pops out of his hands. He has touch and he has power. So people have to stop all that. But I'm excited to see how far it goes into this passing. How much are they going to pass every – are we talking like, hey, it's going to be 40 attempts every game? Is it going to be like that? That's where I'm, I'm you know, intrigued by that. But I thought he made an interesting point too where you just – you look at the league right now and, you know, it's hard to win the Super Bowl running the ball. I think that's a real point. That's why you hear me talk about quarter, you know, the quarterback and being aggressive and no checkdowns and all that is so important. Yeah, we we have yet to see a team that plays the Lamar Jackson style offense go to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl. We just saw one go to the Super Bowl, and we saw they were clearly the best team in football. They had an all-star team. They had an offensive line that people around football go, "Uh, it's as good as I've seen in the last 10, 15, 20 years. And they couldn't win the Super Bowl. You know, so there, there you go. And that's where I think, you know, maybe the Ravens have realized, listen, it is too hard to play that way, to think we can just run the ball, control the clock, play defense, and win games that way. Throwing the ball, there's a little more room for error. And I think that's maybe where they're going. And, and you look at recent history here, Mike, right? The 49ers, they were a running team, couldn't win the Super Bowl. It ain't very many running teams winning the Super Bowl here over the last few years. And the bottom line is we've seen the 50-year evolution of the rules aimed yeah. at introducing right. more offense, more passing, more scoring into the game. So there's never been a time like now to run a passing offense. Your quarterback is in bubble wrap as a practical matter while he's in the pocket preparing to throw the ball. We've got the nothing the passer rules that apply because they want to keep the quarterbacks healthy because they need the quarterbacks to play because no one will watch the games on TV if the quarterbacks can't play. That's at the heart of all of this stuff that's been going on, the Thursday night flexing. They're only going to flex games out of Thursday night if the quarterbacks are injured or otherwise stink. That's what it's all about. It's driven by the quarterbacks. We talked about this not long ago. The whole schedule process held hostage by questions about where the great quarterbacks yeah, are going to be. Right. You reconfigure everything based on where the great quarterbacks are playing sure. or if they're playing at all. It's all driven by that. Yeah. And it's not because quarterbacks can run. It's because quarterbacks can throw. Right. So if you want to be as successful as possible when the rules – this is the whole – the thing that I mentioned a couple of times this week, the Belichick angle. How do you exploit the rules of the game in your favor? Yeah, and well, they did currently, it. Right. Currently, you do it by passing the football. Right. You right. pass the football. You construct a passing offense because you can't manhandle the receivers exactly. like you once could. You can't manhandle the quarterback like you once could. And, then, and you, oh, you, by the way, yeah, go ahead. They're, they're looking the other way at all the holding that the offensive linemen yeah, are Yeah, there you go. The offensive linemen exactly. from hitting your quarterback. Exactly. And, and to your point there, I mean, New England was the first team that, that, that dove in and goes, wait, we're going to expose these rules. You know, they went from we're going to play defense and smash mouth football and Brady's going to throw the ball 20 times a game to what? You're going to change the rules? Okay, we're going to get in the shotgun and have four receivers out there. And we're going to throw it every play. It makes too much sense to do it. You know, so for all the things you said. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I really am fascinated by what the Ravens could look like. I'm excited for Lamar Jackson. I hope he continues to dive into this offense. 
You know, he's got the talent around him and hopefully the offense around him for the first time in his career where he can he can shut the naysayers up a little bit. You know, the people of the world that keep saying he's a glorified running back and all of that. That's where, you know, I'm excited to to see what he can bring to the table. And it certainly seems like he has the most firepower at receiver that he's ever had. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be great to see what the Ravens do this year. They are the best team. Are they the best team in the AFC North? It's called the Bengals are, you know, it's, 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 it's really close. I mean, as we saw, they were on the one yard line with Tyler Huntley about to go up seven in the start of the fourth quarter. It ain't, it's really close. No doubt about it. Mike, can I make two observations, two observations or questions? All right. Can we go back to Lamar on the screen? If you guys get a chance. The patch on his jersey. What the hell is that? Did you see that? Like with the AFC and like you know, somebody making a muscle and all that? I, I noticed that the Ford ad is on there. That's something that's been available to teams and players right. since 2009. I don't know what the thing on the left side is. It's got a muscle with is. a football looks like with like a steak. I, I mean, like almost like a kebab going through there. And then the AFC underneath it. Like, is that some, like, motivational thing or, you know, some mantra for the Ravens this year? I was intrigued by that. So that and then. I'll find out. Okay, cool. I'll find out. Maybe it's on every jersey. I don't know. Is it on just his? We'll find out. I would bet you it's every. find out what it is. All right. And then he started to challenge Trevor Lawrence for the uh, thickest neck in football at quarterback. Oh, yeah. Takeo Spikes. (laughs) Takeo Spikes neck. It's impressive. Damn, it's him and Trevor. We need to do a side-to-side to to see who's got a bigger neck because they are both uh, amazing for quarterbacks. It's becoming so glaring. It's becoming so glaring that – when a quarterback has a normal neck now, something looks off. You're like, what's wrong because with that? What's wrong with that pencil to the neck? Giant neck quarterback. <laughs> right. As Pete points out, it looks like it's only on his yeah, jersey. I'll find that. out. I'll find out okay. what it is on Lamar's jersey, what it means, and why it's there. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Gold for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this! How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. Friday, July 26th on NBC and Peacock. one of the teams that the Ravens are trying to disrupt and get past in the AFC, the Buffalo Bills. They're trying to get past all the other teams and get back to the Super Bowl for the first time in 30 years. Josh Allen has been with the team five years. The last three years, they've been very high-end contenders, but they haven't busted through to the NFL championship game. Here's Allen from earlier in the week about the sense of urgency for the Bills to get to the Super Bowl and win it. It's an accumulation of things, uh, I think. Um, 
but to that point, just understanding our window. And, and I want to give everything that I have for as long as I play. And, um, you know, I'm not saying that I haven't done that in the past, but there's always new ways that I can find to get better and not being complacent with what I'm doing on the field, um, understanding that there's a lot of plays that we left out there. And, and you know, statistically, you look at it, we're, we're, we were top three, four offense in the league last year, and um, it wasn't good enough. So just losing the playoffs isn't fun, you know. And um, I, I so ba- badly want to bring a Super Bowl here to Buffalo, and I just don't want anything to get in the way of allowing me to be the best quarterback that I can be for this team. And he's not the problem, as we have said many times. Right. If everyone on that team was Josh Allen, they would have won every Super Bowl the last four years. Because literally, he could play pretty much every position. You could take his body (laughs) and you could sculpt it. Really, if you could clone him, you could sculpt with nutrition and weights and whatever, all your offensive linemen, tight ends, receivers, (laughs) running backs, defensive tackle, linebackers, defensive backs, maybe corner you'd have a little issue because I don't know that, you know, six, seven, I don't know that six, seven corners are going to be all that effective chasing around, you know, smaller, faster guys. But I mean, if they were all Josh Allen, they would have won the Super Bowl by now. This is the constant question of the help around him. And is it the front office's fault? Is it the coaching staff's fault? And how many more spins of the wheel are they going to have before ownership says, we got to make some real changes here? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, um, it, it, he's all in, first off, like we talk about, right? You know, I know he missed an OTA because of the match last year or whatever, and people like to point that out on social media. Like, well, well he missed that because of the match, right? All right. It was a special charity event for a good cause. And he missed it. Okay. But he is a guy that I think we, we all know. Anybody around football that knows anybody in the Bills or Josh Allen or whatever, you know he's all in. Right? And I like what he's saying. He's always urgent. He's just, hey, let's find the new way to be urgent. What's the new hot poker that's going to drive us this year? Uh, I respect that about Josh Allen. And, of course, he feels the urgency. I mean, look what he's looking at. He's going, damn. You know, the guy I was just getting close to toppling is the best quarterback in football. Damn, he one-upped me. He won another MVP. He won a Super Bowl. Now I got Joe Burrow sitting here and people telling me he's better than me. I got to deal with that. And he's very aware of history and legacy in football. Josh Allen, we are watching an all-time great at quarterback. I hope everybody realizes that. We're watching a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, he might not be Mahomes right now or whatever. We're watching Elway in his prime with the team not quite holding up their end. Marino, we're watching an all-time great. It's one of the greatest arms in the history. He's pretty damn accurate for having one of the greatest damn arms in history. And like you said, he's a physical specimen that other than Lamar and maybe Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields, he's the best runner in football at the quarterback position. So I, I bet his butt is feeling the pressure and the urgency of going into going into the season. But he's doing everything he, he can. Is. That's the problem. I know. The urgency needs to be. And this needs to yeah. be the Peyton Manning urgency where you're flipping tables and you're kicking ass and you're taking names internally about what we're doing to make this team as good as it can be. What about our offense? The Isaiah McKenzie point about the 17-point loss in the snow, if it, we had – if we'd been in a dome, it would have been a different outcome. The deeper point, as we said the other day, yeah. 
McKenzie believed they weren't running the right pass routes for the conditions. That comes down to coaching. So it can't just be let's sit back and let Josh Allen go pursue a Super Bowl. It has to be. We have this very rare thing. We have a franchise quarterback smack dab in the middle of his prime, 27 years old, five years in. Our obligation is to put the pieces around him and to do our jobs as coaches the best way we possibly can to get the most out of it. It really is an obligation. It's, you know, the, the parable of the talents. I don't know why I'm getting biblical all of a sudden, but, you know, you have something great. What do you do with it? Do you, do you put it to work and do the most you can to enhance it, or do you bury it in the ground? Yeah, that's, So far that's what they've thing. done is they've buried it in the ground. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's interesting, right? I mean, I think that that's, that's the, the point or the thing I think of as you were talking there a little bit where – you know, I was trying to figure out how I was in a phrase, and you kind of led me down the road there. Of Yeah, they, you know, Buffalo has, seems to be one of those teams, and we, we've kind of hit on this in the past, where they've decided to, to spread the wealth around their football team. And I'm not, just not sure that's, like, the way to go, or if you can always do that, especially when you have a quarterback like Allen. Like, we've seen Mahomes, they went all in on Mahomes, Right. Let's go. Let's put people around him. The best O line in football, pass protecting, all that, and let's let's do that. Joe Burrow, all in on that. Right. You know that's where I think there's some going back to the passing game and all the value there to frame your team around that. You know that's where I think you know I can look at Buffalo and go. They've tried to make kind of everything good, and I feel like the Bengals and Chiefs went. Wait, we have something great. Let's make that so great that it really affects whoever plays us, and then we'll try to figure out the rest of the team and fill in pieces there. And, you know, I feel like that formula is showing to be more successful right now than what Buffalo is doing. One of the biggest pieces around Josh Allen is receiver Stephon Diggs. He has not been around for the offseason program. He isn't there at OTAs. There are obviously questions regarding him, given what we last saw from him on a football field, upset at the end of the loss to the Bengals making his points directly to Josh Allen on the sideline. Here's Allen talking about Stephon Diggs not being present for OTA workouts. Obviously, this is voluntary. Um, we'd love to have him here. You know, I'd love to have him here. Um, I understand that you know, OTAs aren't for everybody. Um, and again, it, it is voluntary at the end of the day. Um, but, you know, some of the guys are, are getting a lot of good work, and uh, maybe we wouldn't have gotten that if he, if he is here right now. So I know those guys aren't taking that for granted. Look, I love Josh Allen as a player, but and, – and maybe he's saying something different privately than he's saying publicly. You think Peyton Manning would have sat up there and said it's voluntary when Marvin Harrison isn't there or Reggie Wayne isn't there? Guys, it's time to work. Guys, it's time to work. We're trying to chase greatness. Everybody else is working. It's time to work. You had some time off, and now it's time to work. That's where the leadership, the natural leadership comes from, and I think Josh Allen has – and, and you know what? This may come down to who really has the upper hand in that relationship. Stephon Diggs is older. You know, is, is, is Stephon Diggs the alpha in that relationship? It should be Allen is the alpha in that relationship. And just based on that little soundbite, and again, I love Josh Allen. I don't want to get sideways with Josh Allen. But, um, you know, he should be in charge of that relationship, and Stephon Diggs should be there because all it should take is one text from Josh Allen, Chris, to get him there. Yeah, I, I hear you. You know, I, I don't know if I agree with you that I don't think, like, Peyton Manning would have called Marvin Harrison if he was, wasn't out there, right? 
But I, to your point, well, I think he would have said something behind well, the scenes the who? right way. Yeah, I don't know if he would have done it publicly, but I know. I think you know. No, 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 and I don't know. Okay. No, but but I agree with you. I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt you. Right. I agree with you that he wouldn't have called him out publicly. Right. But he also wouldn't have given him a public permission slip. I hear you there. Okay. Like Josh sure, Allen just sure. did. I got you there. Okay. I, I, I don't disagree with what you said there. Okay. You framed it better. I like that. I, I like that. You approached the stand the right way the second time. I like that, counselor. Way to go. Um, but, <laughs> but, but no, really, um, I, I, I think that, you know, I do think there's a special relationship there. I, I do. I mean, from everything I've heard, I've seen them interact. They seem like they're on the same page. But, yeah, right now with the way the year ended – and all that, you know, people like us question and is Diggs happy and all that. I wish Diggs was there just to kind of calm those waters there and not have people like us and everybody questioning it because I certainly do with that, right? Now, receiver is a position, and he's a guy that I know is obsessed and works. We know that. He's like that. He's like an OBJ where he's somewhere working, doing that, all of that. But, yeah, I, I'm with you again, like we say with Lamar or anybody else. You know, you're making good money. You're one of the best receivers in football. You're one of the leaders of the team. And, of course, I think it's best for you and the team for you to be out there uh, with everybody. You know, I take it case by case, person by person, player by player on whether or not I believe folks should be present for OTAs. But at a fundamental level, what are you trying to do? And we all know that this voluntary thing is BS. They should just go ahead and negotiate it into the CBA and make it mandatory and pay the players accordingly. That's on the union to get that properly taken care of. Oh, yeah. We know that if you're a competitor and you're chasing greatness, everyone else is there. We've made that argument as it relates to quarterbacks. All the other teams have their players there. They're doing what they can to lay the foundation to have a great season. And if you're not doing it, you are necessarily falling behind the teams you ultimately are going to be competing against. Now, there isn't a bright line. There isn't even much of a dotted line between May and September and beyond. But I think those of us who understand how it works recognize, and you, you put it very well the other day, how you lay the foundation now to get off to a good start at training camp and you get off to a good start in the regular season. You're laying that foundation a brick at a time, and every other team is laying bricks now. And if you're not there, Stephon Diggs in there, especially with everything that's going on. Yeah. Everyone's wondering what's up with Stephon Diggs. So exactly. That's what I was saying. the mystery right. of Stephon Diggs exactly. if he's not there. So that's, it stands yeah. out even more right. than if everything was fine. That's what I was saying. Like, I oh, wish he was there fine. to calm the waters. It's not fine. No, yeah. exactly. That's, it's, yeah. We're all going to speculate. We're not sure, right? Our lasting images in our head are, are him you know, and Josh Allen and him staring him on the sidelines. So, yeah, that, that's what we're thinking of. Is there something going on there? You know? And, Mike, you make a good point, too, about the OTAs. You know, I, I wish they would maybe, you know, or some find some way maybe to make them mandatory. I honestly, as an ex-player, I think they're beneficial to the player, period. You know, I, we don't need contact. You don't need to be, you know, smashing heads or doing anything like that. But I do, and I know my thought is not alone. I have these conversations with my friends around the NFL. I, I'm a believer, and I know some of the NFL, are, that that's why the injury rate's up in the NFL, you know, because players don't get to play football on the field as much anymore. 
So it's like, hey, work out, weight room, workout, sprints, workout, weight room. Oh, now go on the field and you know do this, and their bodies aren't used to it. And, they're, and, and that's where I, I do, in, in a lot of ways, think it does a disservice to the players, and especially the young players, as we discussed in the past, because they're the ones that need this time to really develop and get out there. Yeah, tra- Jason Kelsey and those guys, okay, it's not as important. I get it. But for the most part, everybody needs to be out there, and it helps in a lot of different ways. You know, it's a great point, and I'm going to be posting something later today at PFT that speaks directly to that point and how the CBA from 2011, which dramatically reduced off-season and training camp intensity and preparation, what the link may be or may not be between injury rates and that reduced preparation, yeah. formal preparation for the players to go out there and actually play in games. All right, Patrick Mahomes, something we have talked about as, remember, he was the highest played player in football when he signed his current contract. He he jumped the record APY by $10 million per year. It went from 35 to $45 million. Now he is $7 million per year behind Lamar Jackson. He met with reporters yesterday, and he was asked about how he feels now that he is three years into the 12-year contract he signed with the Chiefs in 2020. Yeah, I mean, I, I always keep me and my agent and the team I always keep open communication. Uh, and we try to do whatever is the best for the team, but obviously I want to do the best for myself as well. Um, but at the same time, I, I want to, I've always said I, I worry about legacy and winning rings more than making money at this moment. Um, but uh, I'm, I know we keep communication. We see what's going on, on around the league. Um, but at the same time, I'll never do anything that's going to hurt us from keeping the great players around me. So it's kind of teetering around that line. You just want to do whatever to not hurt other quarterbacks whenever they, their contracts come up. You want to kind of keep the, the bar pushing. Um, and so I, it's not about being the highest paid guy. It's not about making a ton of money. I'm, I, I've made enough money where I'll be set for the rest of my life. Um, but at the same time, you got to find that line where you're making a good amount of money, but you're still keeping a lot of great players around you so you can win these Super Bowls and you're able to compete in these games. Hey, Patrick, you know who else has made enough money for the rest of his life and doesn't need any more? Mike Clark Floria. Oh. <laughs> and, and me. But Clark Hunt. But Clark Hunt. Yeah. And you know what? Every dollar you leave on the table that doesn't get spent on some other player. That's the... That's the dirty little secret of all this. All these guys who are taking less to help the team, what kind of accounting is being made available to them to show that all the money that would have gone to them is truly being invested in making the team better? Or is that money being squirreled away into the pocket of the owner? I don't know the answer to that question, and I don't even know how you'd go about examining the books properly. You'd need a forensic accountant to break it all down and understand exactly where all that money's going that you're leaving behind. And what I hear there, and it's funny because yesterday everybody ran with that one little clip. When you listen to everything he said, this guy's conflicted. He's trying to strike a balance. Yeah, that's right. Right? Yep, he is. I don't need to – I've got my money, but, but you know – I like what he's saying. other quarterbacks out there. Yeah. And, you know. Right. And, 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 hey, look, he was the highest paid player by $10 million per year. Right. When he signed his latest deal. Yeah. So regardless of whether he wants to be, he was. Right. And now he isn't. And now lesser quarterbacks are making more than him. And at a certain point, you look bad. Yeah. It's not about – do I have enough money? It's about where do I fit? Where's my respect? How am I viewed? How am I treated? Am I getting the proper respect financially that I deserve? And and that's why, look, I just, I, I mean, 
The guy should. The guy. I've said before recently there should be a league-wide fund that gives extra compensation to the best players because he is the rising tide that lifts all boats. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I hear what you're saying there. I mean, he's, you know, by far the face of the NFL right now. We know that. Uh, it, it's special, and I mean, I mean, it's it's hard not to love Patrick Mahomes. Just his approach, his thought process, even the things he was saying there. Yeah, I'm with you. I think he's conflicted. He's trying to find that balance of yeah, respecting me, making the team good, right? You know, but I don't want to have so much money here that the team's not good and I look a jerk. But also the biggest thing and what I really appreciate about him, and we've talked about this before, is he's aware of the other quarterbacks in the NFL. And that's the other process. And not only by being aware of the other quarterbacks, he's really being aware of all players in the NFL because the quarterback contracts are going to raise everybody. It just raises the market for everything there. And, you know, that's one thing where I will complain about Brady, where he didn't do his justice as the face of the NFL there for a while. He never pushed the bar. And that's why we're seeing it explode right now, like you're saying. I mean, three years ago, he upped the market by $10 million. Here we are three years later, and he's below the market by $7 million. That just shows you that the market was way off for a while, and that's because I think some of the star quarterbacks weren't pushing the envelope there a little bit. They were letting the teams and the owners have their way. Put that money in my pocket like you were just talking about. So that's where I love Mahomes, his awareness altogether. And, yeah, he wants everything, but he's got a humble way of doing it too. And uh, and I just respect him. I guess that's what I'm saying. I'm 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 interested to see where he finds that balance, Mike. Like you're talking, and 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 also also, there could be a disconnect between what he's willing to say publicly and what he sure. believes privately on this because you don't keep your fan base behind you if you stand up there and say you're damn right. I should be the highest paid player in the NFL. And you're damn right when Clark Hunt says, no matter what I get, I'm going to be underpaid. I should get everything. They should give it all to me. I'm the reason why this team is great. You know, if he says that, he's got he's got to but, rely on others like, yeah, like but us to exactly. say that. But your he gut is he's that. not that. Right. And I don't think he's that anyways, right? Your pasta and meatballs gut doesn't tell you he's like that, right? I mean, I don't know either. I'm just saying – I've got no inclination. I feel like if he was like that, like you're talking about, he'd already have a new contract. Like he'd be that way. So I think he will by week one. I think he will by week one. I don't he'll be disagree the with you. Player in the NFL again. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe that. Right. I'm. I, I don't disagree. I'm. I, I would think they could find a way to make that work, and then it could still be somewhat team friendly and where we're at and all of that to where we can make everybody happy. Easy solution, folks. I've been talking about it for years. Here we Howard go. Roseman busted Here my chops we go. about it in the combine <laughs> because, because they don't want to do it. The teams don't want to do it. They don't want to give the power and the protection to the players. If you want – I mean, and the way Mahomes explained it, it falls right in line with it. You want to protect the other quarterbacks. You want to protect the rest of the team so there's enough there to go around. You're not paid a dollar figure. You're paid a percentage of the cap. I'm getting 17 cents on the dollar, and the team's got 83 cents on the dollar to put a team around me. There is nothing more fair than that concept, and Pete's telling us to break because it's been almost an hour. Hey, Pete, we've gone over an hour before. Should should we, since we have a four-day weekend, should we make Pete sweat and just keep going? Oh, Pete says we have some good stuff to do. Well, we'll find out how good it is. Let's take a break. We'll see how good it is. The rest of the show, we've got to cram six segments into an hour. We'll get to work on that when PFT Live continues right after this.
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 